I did call earlier when using the phone. Earlier, when was that? Or later, when then I uh, le left a message. A message? What number did you call? Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No, it was cordless. Mm -hmm. You know what? Don't. Not here, not now. Did you hear I finally graduated? Yeah, and just a shade under a decade, too. All right. You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Muskies on Tap. Coming to you live with the second episode of the year. We got Max on the line here tonight. We are missing one of the members. Brian Eckel is out for um, unknown, but also known reasons that we may not want to say here. One is with Wi-Fi and one is um, something with the house. Uh, I could go into further detail, but I'm not going to. But uh, I'll start with you, Max. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's unfortunate our uh, good pal Brian isn't able to hop on tonight, but it sounds like he's just got some issues that are a little above his uh, his pay grade. So, you know, he's outsourcing the work. Sounds like that's just been a whole nother ordeal. Um, a lot of excuses coming out of the Echo Camp this uh, this <laughs> this week. So, all good. We'll uh, we'll we'll truck on without him. We got a fantastic guest on, anyways tonight. So screw Brian, even though I love him, uh, we'll catch him on the next episode. I'm sure he'll be back and better than ever. Uh, but Gus, why don't you just uh, quick dive in here and introduce our guests and we'll get this uh, get this thing rolling. Yeah, yeah, we got on here tonight. Curtis Checky with Fox Valley Outdoors uh, Guide Service and Catch Him with Cletus. We can find him on Instagram and YouTube. I know we'll dive in way deeper into that we're gonna have a good chat here tonight but uh curtis how are you doing tonight i'm doing fine gentlemen i'm doing just fine thank you for having me on the pod yeah happy to be here am i the first like multi-species guy you guys have had on here that's not strictly musky or there's a good chance we've had a few guides we've had a few uh youtubers Man, off the top of my head, I think so, because I know you do a ton of multi-species trips. You're not strictly musky, but uh, I did get to go musky fishing with you once this late fall, which we can probably touch on here later. And and no, I think I think the first multi-species. Well, thanks for having me on Muskies on Tap, guys, uh, again. So got my bush latte with me. So we got, nice. we got a beer and uh, ready to talk some fishing, gentlemen. That's awesome. So before we hopped on, we were just kind of chatting uh, offline here. I was, um, you know, kind of interested about like your setup and kind of how we started following each other. I think I've mentioned to you, you know, your guide page kind of came across our muskies on tap feed. And I, I told Gus, I was like, God, this guy's freaking hilarious. I'm like, you got to reach out to him. He's up in Presque Isle. He's in our neck of the woods. He's doing a bunch of cool stuff. So uh, if you can kind of give uh, the people a little bit of a description on like your setup, what you're running out of uh, Presque Isle. I know you're a guide up there, but 
just kind of give the people a little flavor on, you know, where you're living, what you're doing, uh, a little background would be awesome. All right. Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, I run Fox Valley outdoors guide service out of, uh, sunrise resort at press in Presque Isle, Wisconsin. So right now, uh, more or less full-time guide, uh, part-time, uh, property manager. Um, so I run, um, uh, just as of, well, I guess last year now, cause we're already into 2024. Uh, I run a Lund, 1810 predator multi-species guide i do have to admit i am a transplant from uh illinois but uh got a little bit of everywhere uh in me uh before you know i was a fishing guide um you know i was really actually a, a big bass guy uh fished uh isha uh high school derbies uh fished for the universe uh university of south carolina uh bass fishing team uh, awesome. 2014 to 2018. And then, uh, after college, I did a stint as, uh, a, uh, fisheries observer up in Alaska as a, a Pacific groundfish observer. I do have hold a, a bachelor's of science degree, um, in biological sciences, uh, with a minor in statistics, uh, unofficial emphasis in botany and ichthyology. So I could, uh, roll out the credentials, but anyways, like I'm just, uh, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy that really just loves to fish. And, uh, luckily I was able to find a way to turn my passion into, you know, a living or at least working that way. So that's kind of the project right now, you know, but you know, kind of the main focus is putting people on fish and, uh, you know, trying to maybe do some YouTube stuff to try and bring some people along. So that's kind of me in a, in a nutshell. So. So how the hell did you end up in Press Isle, Wisconsin after that long road to get there? <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I ask myself that on a very regular basis. Honestly, I pinch myself, uh, you know, at least once a week. But, uh, you know, long story short, you know, it was uh, kind of you know finishing up, you know, my career as a, you know, fisheries observer. Kind of a, it's kind of a short term thing. You know, it's a it's kind of a hard uh career path a lot of people take it as like breaks in between uh, undergrad and graduate uh, you know you're living above sh on ships in alaska and stuff like that and i was kind of in a transition period finished you know my last contract like you know probably almost a year before i came up here but uh to be completely honest i came up here to insulate a garage and oh, uh yeah at the at the sunrise um through a friend of mine who him so and have you dad, ever been up ever been up in Presque Isle prior to that? No, no. I had, I lived in Northern Illinois my entire life. I fell out of the sky quite literally. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the resort owner, you know, I just came up to work, uh, resort owners, uh, Scott Barrett, uh, lent me a boat, uh, went out on the lake here behind uh, the resort and had a heck of a day, early season walleye. And, uh, you know, I just got this funny feeling like, I don't, think I want to leave and so you know uh you know got right. to talking with him about right yeah, um about uh you know working up here and you know because it was kind of seemed like you know he could use some help around this place and uh you know kind of slowly parlayed that into you know me kind of being on you know prem living on premises making sure uh things go around here and uh you know managing it and you know, and making time to guide and learn the waters up here. So, uh, you know, it gave me the flexibility to really start pouring, you know, all my time 
uh, or maybe not all my time, it's hard to say that, but uh, a larger portion of my time into fishing. And uh, to be completely honest with you guys, you know, uh, 2020 uh, is when I got up here and I really wasn't much of a muskie fisherman uh, prior to that. And I can tell you, I've come a long, long way in, in four years mm-hmm. of condensed a lot of that struggle into a short period of time, but uh, I'm sure uh, every angler can commiserate. Uh, I think I would say 2020, I dabbled 21. I realized that I was kind of in the Mecca of musky fishing, at least in, you know, the lower in, you know, the lower 48 or, you know, the U S and uh, it was a, you know, big dollar fish, you know, as far as the guiding goes, that's what, you know, destination wise, you know, people come here to musky fish um, you know, we have a great smallmouth, we have great walleye, but people come here to musky fish. So uh, I took it upon myself to, uh, you know, to really try and pursue, you know, learn the fish. And uh, I think it took me 2021. I think I only caught one or two fish. And believe you me, I put the time in and to try and learn it. And uh, fast forward to this season, I mean, I don't know what the exact count is, but, uh, you know, probably between guiding and what I caught personally, probably, you know, uh, somewhere in the 30 range, 30 plus range of fish, you know, uh, and I'm dabbling in other stuff too. It's caught some really nice fish this year. So, uh, I guess I'm not trying to get on here and pat myself on the back too hard, but, uh, you know, um, taking, uh, taking time to learn this fish has been incredibly humbling and uh a struggle that has been you know worthwhile right. yeah, yeah miles county will make a musky uh musky fisherman out of anybody you know it's just too many it's options to grab you <laughs> just pull you in <laughs> it did for myself as well and uh yeah every, we all come from somewhere and and man yeah musky fishing once you once those little like things click at least that I found out there's going to be like little things that click and uh, all of a sudden it's just going to make more sense and it's going to be bing, bang, boom. You're going to learn more lakes. Um, I know when we fished that one day, you took, you took me to a new lake that I've never been to one of your home waters and, uh, and you knew right where to go. We were on them right away. So <laughs> as we just heard before, uh, you're a well-rounded athlete. I like to call us fishermen athletes here. Uh, you got the background of the, the the degree, all the species, which uh, I think we'll probably dive. Well, might as well just dive in right now. So you said bass was like the first thing you kind of did. You did all those tournaments. Any correlation that you see with uh, bass? I know you said smallmouth fishing is probably what you mainly do up here. Do you see any correlation up here with spots or anything like that or anything you got on that? Uh, Yeah, I mean... I think, you know, as a multi-species guy, I think there's something you can cross-pollinate from any species. I mean, you know, you know, where there are fish, there's, you know, going to be, you know, essentially bigger fish, you know, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, time taken figuring out spots, breaking down high probability areas. It seems like there is some overlap because, you know, kind of musky are the top of the food chain. And, you know, there's some techniques that I brought from, you know, kind of bass fishing and some ideas that uh, have, have, you know, correlated. I mean, you know, like deep cranking, 
at like a bite, like some of these, you know, bite that I got into kind of mid summer was something that we did down in the South for largemouth was, you know, uh, finding offshore cribs, brush piles, stuff like that. And, you know, doing deep cranks down at them. And I got a couple of fish, uh, this year doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, and to be completely honest, you know, and, you know, there's in some instances where I will imitate bass. I mean, I, I know that, uh, even on, you know, Presque Isle, there are musky that in the spring push a smallmouth. there's musky right behind them. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they're cruising around beds. Uh, I have, uh, a piece of footage that I have yet to release, but um, kind of, you know, we're messing. I, I say the smallmouth life to kind of preface the story, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you lucky know, whatever you know, we were kind of yeah, lucky smally. No, but I'm I'm I I do die. I also like I like to get in the water too and swim with fish. I'm a total nerd in that regard. But um, so we were doing some filming of the smallmouth on a bed. We fed it a night crawler, carried it off the bed, and I'm following the night. I'm following the smallmouth, and out of the murk behind is like you know mid 40s musky super tanker and i just see her and she just just dialed on this small mouth like she like you can see her locked in and then she notices me and is like changes her attention to oh this guy's like down here and she just kind of cruises off and i ended up you know swimming I, I held my breath as long as i could but ended up you know swimming several yards with her and uh <laughs> it was a really cool experience and kind of you know eye-opening so you like you know they're they're going to be feeding on bedding smallies and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, when they're put, there's some areas where when smallmouth are kind of pushing in free spawn, but you know, just before, you know, I mean, it kind of, there's a, mm. not much of an overlap in like the, you know, cause of the opener, you can't really fish for them, but they're there and I'll catch them on smallmouth baits early in the spring. So, uh, you know, trying to, you know, relate, you know, musky to these other fish movements, you know, it's kind of been something that I didn't really, I, you know, I, at first, like when I first dove into musky fishing, you know, I kind of was like blank slate, you know, I'm trying to learn this thing and, you know, casting my butt off and not really seeing much. And, you know, it took me a little while to kind of just sit back and be like, all right, dude, it's, it's fishing. You know, you can, you just need to, to fish and, you know, all of that information that, you've learned, you know, fishing bass and then coming into doing more walleye stuff, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, again, I'll use the word, you know, cross pollination because those fish are going to be, those fish are going to, you know, more or less, it's not to a T because musky feed on, you know, everything, but there's going to be fish that, you know, I, there's, I'm, I'm firmly believe there's smallmouth eaters, there's walleye eaters, there's Cisco fish, there's, um, uh, you know, walleye, you know, fish, that are all going to be, mm -hmm. you know, on their different forage or perch. So, you know, where there's going to be, where there's little fish, there's going to be big fish to, without rambling too much on that point. No, that all makes sense. I, I definitely have heard, you know, if you can become a good angler, you know, chasing the smaller species, you'll, you're actually going to just almost stumble across musky knowledge. Um, you know, obviously because you're trying to go after the bait that they're eating and, finding out where they stage at certain points in the year can be, you know, really valuable information. Um, but <clears throat> something I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, when you were kind of breaking down your, your chronological, you know, order here of your, your musky career, 
you know, it seems like a lot of your exploratory years, you know, called from 2020 to present date, you know, we're kind of around the same time that Gus and I started really branching out from just fishing, you know, the Eagle River chain where we grew up fishing for muskies. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you're, you're, you're not new to the area, but like you said, you know, you kind of fell from the sky, you get dropped into Presque Isle, you're looking at a lake, all the lake maps in Vilas County and the resorts on Presque Isle Lake, but you're talking about going and fishing all these different bodies of water. So, you know, when that started, are you, you know, how are you identifying what could be a good musky lake? Are you chasing rumors that you've heard at the resort bar? Are you actually just kind of, you know, looking at maybe some stocking reports and just going out and trying a new body of water that day? And then part two to the question would be once you actually get out there, like what are some of the stuff? Because, you know, you're looking for, we hear a lot of people ask, you know, how do you break down new water? So I'd be curious to hear it from your perspective, you know, with all this background of multi-species, you know, you're going out to chase muskies on a new body of water one day, A, how'd you decide to pick that lake? And then B, how do you, how do you kind of tackle it? So yeah, honestly, you kind of hit the nail on the head with kind of the resort bar thing. So, you know, all of the above really is the answer, uh, you know, gathering information, um, from old timers, there's, you know, been some people that have definitely helped me along, you know, my way talking to people, you know, in town, getting to know locals, um, uh, you know, fishing with, uh, you know, some of the, you know, even some of the old guides to kind of help get like the first pieces of the puzzle. Cause with any new fish or new body of water or new region, you know, the putting the first few pieces of the puzzle to together is the hardest. But once you can kind of get that small picture, the bigger picture kind of starts to, you know, started to fall into place. So, you know, and, and, and then having those experiences too, that, you know, kind of give you that confidence, like, you know, going and throwing at, you know, uh, a rock pile or a point or, you know, really getting dialed into a weed edge. Cause you know, you hear, you, you, you get on YouTube uh, you uh, and hear what people have to say there. You have we have all these resources. I mean, uh, you know what a time to be a young angler, um, or or just an up and coming you know person in in any realm of fishing. You, we have so many so much resources, but like you know the kind of the hardest part is to put that in the action long enough until you actually see some reciprocation you, you know you start moving fish or uh you know you get a bite you know whatever but you know kind of the the lake breakdown is you know kind of similar you know I've, if it's uh you know I, i'm i usually break down i mean i keep it pretty simple you know it's a couple different lakes you either have you know kind of like a rock wood kind of lake or you have in my mind you have your grass lakes because I, I try to keep things simple you could go on varying water clarities and whatever and and then something that i you know kind of pulled from bass fishing is like what's the scarcest type of you know cover on the lake like if it's a grass lake and i happen to stumble upon a rock pile or i'm looking at a map and i see you know kind of like a flat spot next to a break like i want to go check that out because that to me might mean that there's some hard bottom there um, and an otherwise, you know, soft lake, you know, just, you know, the, the things that any bass, walleye, musky angler is going to do to kind of try and find those high percentage spots. 
and and really uh you know talking to some of the the pro bass guys it's like how do you how do you get on fish how do you stay on fish consistently well the answer to that question is to burn gas you know use your electronics graph you know it's you know you can learn so much if you have side scan even if you have down imaging 2d gus you want to say something mm -hmm. there to that no sorry go ahead i just lost my train of thought Shit. all good um, i had something there kind of yeah but uh you know to you know and now with like forward-facing sonar uh yeah i mean you have a lot of tools that kind of get a, a head start and breaking things down but oh. um really that doesn't to me it, you know it takes time because until you again get that kind of, I, I guess for lack of a term reciprocation, like you put all this time and energy and then the fish reciprocate with showing you that they're there or getting a bite. And, uh, you know, every time you move a fish and every time you get a bite, especially for me is like what I learned musky fishing, like every single fish, you are just a little bit better after every single fish ever, after every fish that you move, you are just a skosh better of a musky angler because you just have that much confidence. Cause that's the crazy thing about musky fishing is, you know, you find these really good spots. Like I, I found some incredible spots uh, up here and that have been fish producers for me, but you know, you can go back, you know, you just happen to hit that right day. You'll go back to that spot five more times and you won't see a damn thing. And then, you know, the next time you go, the, everything's lined up and you're going to move like three fish in like a half hour, you know, and that's, and that's kind of the crazy thing is you can, you know, uh, I mean, yes, we try and increase probability, you know, fishing prefrontal, uh, fishing around moon phases and, um, uh, you know, your minors and your majors. And that's something that I didn't really do prior to musky angling. Uh, you know, that's not something that bass guys ever really pay attention to or talk about, but like that, you know, it's, uh, it's only, it's honestly, it's almost like magic, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in a way, like, you know, you know, you know, you don't, you don't believe it at first. And then, uh, and then you get, you know, you've just, you finally, you know, get enough confidence and like patterning around a major or like, uh, one of, uh, you know, my favorites is, a uh, uh, um, pre moonrise minor. I mean, you know, you want to talk about one of my favorite times to be on the water when that's correlating to a couple of the things. I mean, it, you know, that's when I've had a lot of success, but again, you know, just, just time on the water. That's one thing that has, you know, gotten me as you know, far as I have in the past four years, why I can, I would take anybody out musky fishing with confidence is, you know, I, unlike, you know, a lot of people, you know, whatever, I might've just fallen out of the sky, but, you know, call it a blessing or a curse. I've probably put as much time on the water as a lot of people that have like lived here a lot because, you know, they haven't had the time to, they're working, they're doing other things. That's not their main focus. Um, in mm -hmm. four, in, in three years as a musky angler, yes, it's only three years, but in, you know, the, the standard time scale, but, uh, you know, really been blessed with the opportunity to be able to pour as much time into the sport as I have. And, you know, uh, I, I guess, um, uh, it kind of, I don't know, it gives me a unique perspective because it kind of gives me a clear, a little bit of clarity, but it also is like, I know nothing. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a clean slate it, for it, you, you know? 
Yeah, right. You know, so I guess I'd like to, you know, kind of start with like, you know, the, or the, the anecdote, it's like the first muskie, like the first good fish, the first time I broke 40, you know, kind of, you know, classic situation. We did some, we did some working for this. Like we literally pulled a boat over Beaver Dam to get to the spot. Like we've been, this has been grinding all summer for a fish <laughs> and still haven't got it. And you know, out at the end of the cast over, you know, 10 foot weed bed, musky crushes a bucktail, like absolutely hammers it. And that, that fish right there, like, you know, you know, before I had the itch that gave me the bug, but that also gave me, you know, kind of that first piece of the puzzle, my first like real confidence, uh, you know, kind of go to, I mean, yeah, whatever bucktail, you know, I'll even tell you, it's, you know, black marabou double eight. I'm sure there's a lot of people Classic. that, 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 that is a, you know, that is a, a, a weapon of mass destruction, you know, that, you know, I think, you know, it's, you know, it's up there with like the Senko for bass fishing, you know, <laughs> you know, wacky worm, a Senko, I mean, you know, black, you know, double eight marabou bucktail is about, you know, darn near as close as it gets. And I've caught a lot of fish on one of those. And, but that, again, just kind of reiterating that, you know, that was the kind of one of the first pieces of the puzzle that I, I really got and, yeah. you know, trying to, trying to build it out from there. So. Right. I mean, I think that for the listeners here that are either beginners or, you know, experts to the sense that they're, you know, been doing it for a long time, you can, you can see the passion of the sport, like what it can do to us and like what goes through our mind. I mean, all the stuff that you're describing is, uh, you know, we think about a lot. I feel like us as musky anglers, we're really analytical. We really like put a lot of things through our mind per day, you know, how we're breaking down new water and, and it's definitely good to like simplify it, but you know, in, in, a, in a realistic sense, that's just stuff that's going through my mind when I'm on the body, when I'm on the water solo, even as much as I'm with Max or, you know, some other buddies or with clients, my head usually is, if, 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 if nothing's clicking that day, it's like racing, like, all right, what, what the hell are we supposed to do next? Like, why, what's going on? And, and I was going to bring up a point with the looking at new waters you're talking about, you know. 2d side scan looking for cribs rocks muck weeds all that stuff is uh one thing i was going to add there and i think max can agree especially with tournament fishing too because usually you look for raising fish and pre-fishing and all that but usually a spot that looks really really good to you on paper and on your sonar is i would say 10 out of 10 times a good spot always it, and like you said, you know, maybe three times you're not going to see a fish. And that's the, that's the tough. Well, you got, you got something there, Max. Is this <clears throat> just our favorite shark fin spot at Vermilion? Nah, we'll get a fish there one year. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you best, worry. Best looking no. spot I've ever seen in the entire world, and we never raised a fish on it in four days. We but fished it all the time and fished. I'm it sure there. The I'm sure you're correct. I'm sure that the, there has been a muskie on that spot at one point in time in the history of the world. Uh, yeah, and that's 
But, oh, sorry. But that, but, but, but yeah, I, I totally agree with, you know, 10 out of 10 times uh, the fish is going to be there. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. And that's the, you know, what I was trying to get at with, with musky fishing is like, you know, with bass or walleye or panfish or almost any other species, you know, it, it looks good. You're there the right time of the year. You're at least going to get a tap. You might catch a small fish at the very least. And I'll tell you that, all right, there's fish that use this, but maybe this isn't the time of the year when the quality is in that spot. Right. With, mm -hmm. with musky, it's, they're coming and going They're They might just turn their nose up at it. I mean, there could be two sit, two, three sitting down there on that spot and they could, they could just not be in the mood, which is uh, really what makes the fish so rewarding is, you know, uh, you can, you can do everything right. You can do all your homework. You can put the bait in the right spot, damn near be there at the right time or, or maybe not the right time, you know, and that's what it, it, it comes down to is, you know, you have to almost be relentless and, you know, fish that spot, have, have, having confidence, having the confidence and building that confidence to be like, looks good on the map. I went and I graphed it. It looks good. It's, you know, there's a lake up here and it has, you know, one of the best textbook musky spots that, you know, I, I know that's within an hour of me, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I mean, rock, rock, you know, rock hump cabbage are all, you know, almost 360 degrees around it. You know, there's a saddle to an Island. It dumps in a freaking like 40 plus feet of water. And I think I fished that spot like three or four times before I finally got pulled a fish off of it, you know, several mm -hmm. trips. I, but I, I knew there was going to be a muskie there. Like I, yeah, you know, there was no, there's no way there wasn't, you know, a fish going to be on there. But, you know, I think that's uh, something that's hard for guys that don't get a lot of time on the water. They, they, you know, they lose the that right confidence. Angle. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. The right angle. You get your protractor yeah. out. I mean, and that's, and you know, you hear <laughs> other guys that come on the pod, you know, pod uh, and just, you know, even some musky anglers that I've talked about, you know, it's a good spot. Sit there and chuck. I mean, until your freaking arm falls off, you know, rotate it throughout the day. Uh, I can't tell you even in, even in, you know, uh, bass fishing tournaments, you know, you know that the fish are on the shoreline. You might get two or three windows a day. I've, I've bet entire, you know, eight hour tournaments on hundred yard stretches of shoreline. Cause I know there's quality there. Are they feeding? Mm -hmm. Are they pushing up throughout a day? You know, whatever, you know, how long you stick to your guns in a tournament, you know, you add the whole tournament aspect in, you know, musky fishing. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, uh, your achievement. <laughs> this year at the top gun is uh something I, I i salute you sir for that but uh you know uh you. adding you know adding the adding that uh you know the additional pressure and you know you're questioning yourself you know can really become very intrusive to you know kind of you know how your day's gonna go i mean and that's one of the you know one of the things that i i think that really helped me as a musky you know getting into the musky game is kind of things that I took away from tournament bass fishing is, you know, uh, sometimes you gotta, you know, stick to your guns, you know, you know, what works, you know, don't get spun out, 
you know, and, you know, grab on, grab on. Sometimes you got to grab onto what you know and hold on tight instead of ripping open the tackle box and throwing everything in the kitchen sink at them. Even though I've definitely gotten off the water with a deck covered in <laughs> hooks. Those are always the um, worst days. <laughs> We've been there. <laughs> yeah. Usually yeah. the least amount of fish caught. Those <laughs> I, uh, I want to touch something, uh, touch on something you said, because I think it's a it's a great point. Um, and that's, you know, looking at a spot and feeling confident. OK, yeah, there's fish here. Um, but what you said is like, I think, you know, pretty um, it, it, it clicks with me because it's like, OK, it's a great spot. But they a just might not be there at this time on this day. And that's why, you know, you continue to revisit spots that you think or feel like are good even if you haven't pulled a fish off of them before because you just you gotta at some point in time like it's always a leap of faith to go fish a new lake or a new spot or whatever and if you feel it you know down in your plums that it's a good spot you're going to continue to revisit that until you know you eventually pull something off of it and then i think there's like another layer to it if you peel back the onion a little bit it's not only like, okay, is it a good spot this day? And are there fish circulating? But then you start to get like Gus was saying a little more analytical and it's like, all right, what time of year are fish going to be using this piece of structure more often than, you know, maybe you're fishing a spot in August. And there's so many times Gus and I will be on a body of water and say like, when we're back here and post turnover in October, like we're coming here, you know? And that's like, I think where we've been able to maybe upper game a little bit is, you know, apply whatever that seasonality is to a certain spot. You know, if it's you're fishing a weed edge and all of a sudden on your side scan, you look off to the right and there's like six cribs littered around and they're on the secondary break. And then there's a third break that dumps into, you know, like you were saying, you know, 40 feet or 50 feet or whatever. You're kind of looking at that going, all right, maybe that's not great right now. You could try it out maybe in August, but I want to come back in October and fish this. And you start to build that Rolodex of spots, you know, over and over. And that's what you're talking about with time on the water is like, eventually, you know, you start to just get, you build this book of knowledge on these different spots up in Vilas County that can make you just kind of a, a weapon of a musky angler, which I think is really cool. Um, but I want to revert back a little bit what you said when you're talking about trying to find new water and you're chasing, you know, sometimes chasing some bar tails from the resort, you know, what, what are some of those conversations like with some of the older old timers that you, you listen to that maybe had been fishing in violas since the seventies or eighties, you know, have you heard any crazy, crazy stories from those guys on the old back in my day type stuff or, uh, Hooking I them guess up. any, any of that that comes to mind. <laughs> um, uh, one guy, one guy that honestly, um, I would suggest, uh, I might have to try and get him. I don't know if he'd do this, but, uh, you know, kind of a legend in Presque Isle, uh, guy by the name of Forbes Taylor. And, uh, he is probably one of the most infamous musky anglers that nobody has ever heard of, uh, you know, guided here for many years. Um, and he, uh, has many a good tale and, uh, has tipped me off to quite a few things. Uh, one good one was, uh, you know, a, a, a 50 incher under the 4th of July fireworks out on the bar behind the resort. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, uh, 
long time ago you know uh behind the where should i bleep that out yeah right yeah well it was yeah, yeah hey dude, i've i've fished a lot guys so you can go there and pound it all you want <laughs> I'll, I'll wave at you from the porch say, and ask if you caught anything if you're gonna fish but, that um, bar at least give curtis a wave while you're going by yeah at least at least get, at least give me a wave um i don't know if that fish lived there that was a long time ago but uh you know shenanigans that maybe you know catching you know bait and you know other things uh trying to think of some good ones put me on the spot um here real quick i'll give you a, a chance to think gus you got to tell your fourth of july musky story and i'm really pissed now brian's not here um, oh what, was it just me brian and our buddy jack no it was it was me which you, one are you talking and about brian it was when you caught the the musky right when that guy started playing uh Cal, oh, that one's on fun. I have two. I have two. Then I have two. <laughs> okay. There's two. Yeah, one yeah. involves catching a fish. One does not involve catching a fish. Um, I'll tell the one with the fish first. Um, that one, Max and I were out with Brian and somebody. We're fishing not really a spot we usually do. It was just some junk, shallow weeds, and we we're just kind of dinking around before we had a group coming up that week, 4th of July, right? Like it was just us yeah, prior. Big, so we got it. We were able to, yeah, we had a big, big group. So we we're just able to fish for a little bit that night and there's a big storm coming. So, you know, things were lining up. I don't think we we're fishing super hard, but, <laughs> but the we saxophone. <laughs> yeah. 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 Casual fishing. And uh, this yeah. guy walks out in his dock with a saxophone and starts just playing like the national just anthem bunch yeah, of uh, <laughs> no just way. yam and super loud i mean it was like a very nice calm pre-storm night on uh we're fishing the chain where normally it's just buzzing around the fourth of july and it was just not much going on and then this dude decides to play the sax right in front of us and uh <laughs> we're getting plays... serenaded while we were musky fishing. yeah oh yeah and i think on like his third or so third or fourth song he plays doesn't he play like ave maria or something like that yeah yeah it was some like, like one of extremely well-known song like song that almost everybody in the world should recognize and uh what does brian say does he no he do... wasn't even the song he just goes what oh. instrument do you guys think he's playing <laughs> it's clear as a bell a saxophone <laughs> like even somebody who never went to band class or never listened to a a song is like oh yeah that's a saxophone he straight up with a straight face he's like what instrument do you guys think that is it's like dude <laughs> and then you caught a nice and then you caught a nice musky right when the right when the <laughs> the chorus oh was yeah <laughs> oh yeah. like oh this is pretty cool yep i haven't heard yeah, the one where you good. you didn't catch a fish on the fourth of july though we were uh well i can't say it was on the fourth of july but i know it was july a july night on the weekend and uh, we were fishing near a launch on a lake, me, Brian, our buddy Jack, and we were going to fish, you know, into past sunset. And then all of a sudden commotion out of this house near the launch, people start walking outside and stuff. And uh, they start blurting around things. And they, I think they're just, you know, one of those families that doesn't realize that uh, sound travels on the water pretty good almost to the point where it's like they're talking right next to right next to us 
And uh, they're like, oh, we're going to light off fireworks, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's July. So it's like almost 10 p.m. And it's, you know, still light out. And uh, there's and and we're looking at each other like there's no way they're going to come out here and light off fireworks. I mean, this is like a cast and a half length away from us. There's like no way they're just going to come. They can see us. We have our lights on like there's no way they don't see us. And I think somebody standing there. I don't have the exact quote i could maybe ask brian or jack later but they're like somebody's like oh there's a fishing boat right there somebody finally points it out and someone's like oh who cares they shouldn't be here anyways fishing let's just light them up anyways and we're sitting there casting just just lighting (laughs) shit up we're like all right time to go this sucks (laughs) we didn't say a word hey that's their god-given american right yeah, they shouldn't be here. God damn it! I'm lighting these fires up, fireworks off, no matter what. <laughs> catching all our musky. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty funny. We were like, "That, that's just a sign." Yeah. That stunk. Suck. Yeah, I, I well, I got a, I, um, I got a good, you know, relatively good one for you. So, uh, me and a couple buddies out. Uh, my buddy, uh, Reed Cochin, who, um. Uh, just graduated Stevens Point. He comes up and helps out at the resort. We're fishing with him. He's a hell of a bass angler. Then uh, uh, one of my old, uh, you know, fishing buddies from down in Illinois was up, and you know, me and him have been fishing buddies since you know we were kids. Uh, he's you know not very you know not as very not. Uh, I guess you really couldn't call him a serious angler, but um, he's probably got you know one of the most. I don't think he has a gold horseshoe, but he's got a platinum horseshoe hidden somewhere. Um, <laughs> Cause I, that kid, I, I think up. maybe I, I think it all, I think in, like, in the three years of him coming up to visit me, I think there's one weekend where he didn't catch a muskie. Um, which is saying something. I Impressive. I believe it, Very believe impressive. it or not, but uh, you know, but there's, there's a small tidbit on, you know, Casey's just having fun, man. That kid just catches fish cause he's having fun. That's an important tidbit guys. For y'all listening, <laughs> just have fun with it, and you will catch fish. I don't, or, and believe in yourself, and you will catch fish because that's the only that's the only reason I can under, understand how Casey is so consistent. But anyway, so we're all in the boat and uh, fishing, whatever Lake X, of course, because we don't need everybody load in there. Um, Reed bass guy, we're all decide all musky fish. Um, Reed catches a forty six in the first twenty minutes. 20 minutes later, Casey catches a 40 and then I cast my butt off for eight hours and no more, no more fish. And I'm ready to call it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of peeved. And, um, you know, I honestly, I'm like, I'm ready to hang in the towel. Like, you know, the, the pile of baits is on the deck and I'm just kind of like, I'm going to be the one that doesn't get to catch one a day. Like, I'm like, we need the hat trick for the boat or whatever. And, uh, of course, Casey being, you know, happy go lucky as he is, you know, he's like, dude, you got to keep going. You're going to catch one here soon. So I pick up the dumbest thing, mega bass crankbait, like one of the big <laughs> mega bass crankbaits. I think it was like one of the last lures that has been wet in the, let, uh, wet in the box, you know, start uh, chucking that thing, you know, kind of deep break, you know, just lots of speed changes and ended up connecting with a really nice tiger muskie and you know, changed the whole mood. So, you know, after eight hour grind, you know, finally connected, it wasn't, wasn't a big fish, but it was like the relief after a long day of, of fishing. And, uh, you know, that kept us out on the water just a little bit longer than, you know, we were going to be out there. 
and uh, this might give away the lake, but uh, we're rolling back in and uh, to the launch to head out. And uh, again, this is actually ironically around Fourth of July again. And uh, there's pontoon boats everywhere. I've never seen this lake this busy. Like there, you know, there's probably thirty boats out in the middle of this lake. I'm like, what the heck's going on? So guys cruising out there, pull up, pulling up to them and uh asking what's going on and it says there's the, the neighbors putting on a fireworks show <laughs> and so you know we get out there in the middle of the lake and we're waiting on it and we get you know treated to probably one of the best private fireworks shows <laughs> i've ever seen so like i have i have positive you know, like fireworks and musky i think you might want to look at it a little a little bit differently because i think I like, might have there, there's some good luck there dude they you know it wasn't they weren't going off when we were catching fish but you know you but were, again uh... going, going back to forbes's story right underneath the fireworks he caught the, yeah caught a freaking 50 i and, might and, i, I mean, might need the i might need to like the schedule fireworks shows not the people run out to their docks and be like oh there's a musky fisherman out there screw them yeah shoot, think, uh, shooting know? like roman candles at you or something you know <laughs> oh, God. bottle rockets into the water or something that might change things but I, I think we're what we're learning here is that muskies are very patriotic which uh which is which is fantastic you know seems like they Hell really yeah. gravitate towards uh america's birthday uh, which is I, you were you weren't on Cranberry Lake now watching the old Coleman private fireworks show now were you? No, I was not. You know, <laughs> th- th- thankfully, there's other private fireworks shows around, so that, that one's wasn't a total more dead than, giveaway. That one's got more than thirty boats, I would have to say. Yeah, that one on a yeah. given year is a hundred plus. It's nuts. No, um, but the- all right. Well, I want to dive in to. I want to pivot real quick and and chat with you about this this youtube channel you're building catch them with cletus because i have i have tuned into um definitely all your musky videos i don't know if i've uh dabbled with what the other ones quite yet but i definitely am going to because i found myself laughing very hard at your musky videos uh i don't know if that's um you know what your goal is and i think some of the humor is like it's not it's not like your traditional, you know, crack a joke and knee slap type shit. It's um, it's just funny stuff. And one specific uh, thing that I was just dying laughing that I actually texted Gus about was, and I got to hear it from the, your point of view, is you, you released a video. You're out fishing real late this year with a buddy of yours. And I think, I think again, I want to hear it from your perspective, but I would imagine you were trying to get a sucker fish on your drone. And you're having a real hard time keeping the drone uh, where you wanted it to be. And if anyone knows anything about sucker fishing, like there's some there's some high stress moments between when that fish grabs the bait and when you set the hook. And it's always this game of like, should I do it? Should I not? And it's really it, it it's, you know, much more difficult if you have some external distractions going on, a.k.a. your very expensive drone deciding to fly what seemed like a very far distant the wrong way. And you're just <laughs> screaming at this drone to come Fly home. home. <laughs> Fly home. Uh, I mean, that was like, like Murphy's law. I mean, I'm, it, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, it, you know, one of the, it, you know, I, I don't know anybody that's dabbled in like videography or try to get drones and like, 
you know, you're, you have a limited battery life in the, in the drone and, you know, to try and capture that shot, you know, it wasn't even intentional. Like I was just flying around getting some B roll or whatever. And we're bringing that thing into land and Kurt also, you know, ironically we're both Kurt, but, uh, Kurt's up on the front deck about to make the catch and, you know, or makes the catch rather. And yeah, that thing just, you know, I'm like, I'm like, he had it in his hands. I'm like, Bob her down. And it's like time to, you know, time to go on this fish. And it's just like, you know, attention, you know, like you're saying, it's like, mine's going at a mile a minute. Cause it's like, it's my turn to set the hook too. And I'm like, you know, so like you can autopilot those drones and everything. I'm like, it's my turn to set the hook. I got to get this thing on the ground, but it's now it's like, you know, cause I wanted to, you know, get that thing up there and, you know, cause you can actually have it active track your position. So the drone will go on autopilot, but totally like, I don't know what happened. have never had it before or since where it just decided like whatever happened when Kurt grabbed it, it's like, didn't like that. It's like, it's going home. So what happened was, is like, so when he let go of the drone, it went to a, like a, a return to like home sequence, which is like when it loses connection or whatever, it's automated to go to this spot and land. So I'm trying to cancel the function. It's not canceling the function. The bobber <laughs> is gone. And like, you know, you can't see it from that perspective in the video, but that board is like, gone and then goes under like every like everything's underwater and uh yeah I, that was I, I i was oh i was i that was not my best moment of composure and when i was sitting there editing it i'm like am i really gonna put myself <laughs> yeah. on the internet like yes. losing my shit i'm like you know what? this Brave is what the people want like, this is like this Brave is what the people what i wanted Hell this yeah, is the, this is what the laughing. people want like you know and that's that's you know kind of go to the channel like that's I want to, I, I like to entertain, like, you know, there's so many, you know, to try and find my niche. I mean, as a, as a multi-species guy, like I can't, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, cause it's, I've been deliberating on how to go about this channel for honestly quite some time, but, uh, you know, as a multi-species guy, I can't, I can do some of the, like the how-to, the tips and stuff like that, but, you know, without kind of being in a defined little niche, niche of like, walleye or musky or bass or whatever you know it's very hard to kind of gather a following behind you know that those specifics yeah, so to try and you know uh to try and uh or i would say it's impossible but it's harder to but you know everybody can kind of you know kind of get behind like the entertaining thing so like i would call like those two musky videos were probably some of you know a little bit more of the core or you know something something more like that i mean obviously the tournament the prior one wasn't as humorous but i definitely want to bring some more of that that realness and humor and you know i want some of those you know the some of those videos to be really entertaining and uh and and kind of doing it candidly because that like to be completely honest like i just brought the cameras along and rolled them and what happened is what happened and the shots came together and caught some really cool stuff on camera and uh you know it was uh you know it was you know really cool to to be able to share that with everybody and to hear feedback from you guys is you know that's that's what i want to hear is i hope that there's some you know laughs along the way maybe you know you 
you can learn a few things and, you know, entertain um, some of the, you know, the videos that I got, you know, coming down the uh, uh, pipe or kind of talking, a, you know, uh, a little bit more about, you know, kind of, you know, conservation, but, you know, again, you know, my channel is definitely going to kind of be a little bit all over the place. Cause I mean, a multi-species angler, I've definitely got a little bit of ADHD. I am kind of a little bit all over the place, but that's kind of how I like my life kind of lived in and, you know, all over the place, you know, cause I mean, I love muskie. I love bass. I love walleye, stream trout, you know, salmon. I mean, you know, a variety is the spice of life and, uh, I like life well seasoned. So, you know, and that's probably what's going to, you know, the channel is going to kind of develop into, you know, we're going to, uh, kind of go back more on the conservation kind of thing, uh, topic. Um, I'm actually going to be given, um, uh, a seminar at the Wisconsin fishing expo in Madison going to be talking in a little bit about, you know, kind of fisheries management, what, anglers can do out, you know, uh, within the bounds of what the DNR regulations have set forth and kind of talk about, you know, some of those things, you know, cause you know, obviously we know being residents of, you know, Northern Wisconsin, you know, we don't have like, you know, the necessarily maybe the enforcement that, you know, even Canada has, um, you know, limitations in like the, you know, the studies and stuff like that. Gus showed, shared with me a good video, of that study that was done on the Manitwish chain. And mm -hmm. I mean, that, I mean, that was, that was a great study, very insightful, but it was, it wasn't even state really directly state funded. It was state state sanctioned, but this was, this is just this guy's graduate project. Right. So, but without getting too far down that rabbit hole, but you know, uh, I guess, well, we you know, can. I mean, I'd be curious to hear from your perspective on, you know, different things. I'm playing a little bit outside of my comfort zone talking about that stuff just because I'm not as well versed, you know, as somebody like yourself or you and Gus, honestly, that that understands that as, as much. But I think, you know, um, having a platform where people listen, it's a good thing to probably chat about a little bit, you know. So if you do have different things that are I mean, Gus, if you want to kind of finish the, the question, go for it. Um, okay. Well, so I guess my thing would be just be like, if there are, you know, certain areas of conservation that you could maybe touch on that you've looked into or whatever, that could make people a little bit more, I guess, just understanding of what's going on. That'd be great to hear about. Well, I, I guess, uh, without going into, I would consider some of those finer details, but just to kind of, you know, talk on the, the kind of the overarching theme is, you know, I, you know, trying to go a step deeper into encouraging people to be better stewards of their own fisheries. And I think, you know, uh, you know, it's come a long way in like the, like in, in varying degrees in the different tribes of fishermen, you know, uh, musky anglers being, you know, kind of at, you know, the hot, one of the highest levels of conservation minded, it's probably you guys and trout fishermen. You know, very limited harvest of fish. And let me specify fly fishing, fly fishermen that fish for trout. You know, catch and release, the amount of attention that goes into the care of the fish. I mean, I think in the video that you mentioned earlier, like the the, the fish that I caught in that 
video, I briefly, you know, he slipped and I dropped it. I think I put in the captions. I was like, please don't hate me, you know, because I mean, because you know, guys will take that seriously. I mean, you get into forums and, you know, you hold a fish wrong and those people will eat you alive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so which, <laughs> which, which like, you know, I, I but they care. Yeah. But, but, you know, but, but, you know, some, some of these people are trolls, but some of these people care. Um, but, you know, but going into, you know, but talking on, you know, things like that fish care, but trying to take that to, um, you know, other areas of angling, encouraging people to kind of, you know, individual anglers to kind of participate in the science um, a great conversation that's happening, that's kind of happening right now, um, that some people have picked up on. So, um, and that I've kind of been working on a little bit, some project videos on is, uh, angling buzz released a, they kind of did a study with the Minnesota DNR, a study, um, where they were kind of looking into barrel trauma and crappie. And, you know, they, you know, they set up this design as a scientist, like when I first watch it, I'm like, that sound, I'm like, well, holy crap. Yeah. We're probably killing a lot of these crappie. And then Aaron, Weeb, uh, uncut angling picks up the story and does this whole thing to debunk it. And he like, as a status, as a statistician did a great job picking out the bias bias that I didn't even initially catch. Right. And, um, really did a good job of adding to that conversation and, you know, seeing things more like that, like, uh, ang you know, uh, angling buzz, the lenders guys, um, uh, they actually got fisheries biologists to come and participate and there were still holes in their study. And then you have Aaron Weeb, who's up in Canada doing what Aaron does, you know, jumping into the conversation, full disclosure, he doesn't have any, any biology background. And he's like, look at this is what we can do. Like I'm seeing these fish return to the bottom. Yes, we can't do any long-term studies. He's pointing out where his bias of his interpretation of what he did could, you know, give misleading data, but you know, we can, you know, encouraging partially, everybody can kind of participate in the scientific discussion. And as yeah. anglers, uh, we're on the water every day. I just happen to be one of the, I don't want to call myself rare, not, you know, kind of be condescending, but it's like, you know, I, I'm have a unique perspective because, you know, I have the formal training and expertise as well as I spend a lot of time chasing this fish. I'm just purely on the water, you know, chasing fish. I'm under the water swimming with them. Like I I'm, you know, I, I, I call it developing my intuition as a biologist, but you know um, you know, anybody can kind of take the scientific method and you know kind of contribute what they can so i think that's uh you know an interesting you know kind of potential because you know it can be grassroots um you know it, the dnr kind of sets the bounds i mean uh one thing one topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart and i think affects the the musky world uh at least up here is in Phylos county is that we have uh you know uh i've uh, an incredibly high limit on a lot of lakes on panfish. You know, guys can go in there and take 25 uh, a man. I think, I don't know if the possession is 25 or 50, but that's a lot of fish. Um, some of these mm -hmm. lakes can't handle it. And that's the base of your food chain. Now, if you look at the, if you look at the literature, 
you know, the, the DNR claims that that's a sustainable amount of panfish. Intuitively, you go into some of these smaller lakes that might have had a ton of trophy bluegill or crappie in them. Guys can go in there and wipe them out. I mean, you know, in a weekend or keep going through and, you know, really do some damage. You know, some fisheries can handle it. Like uh, there's a lake by me that has an incredible amount of walleye in it. And it's amazing that that fishery can sustain the harvest that I know that it gets, but you know, every lake is different and to properly manage the Northwoods with where we have such a high diversity of lakes, there's no such, no lake that's any different. And I think that's to kind of get back to the fishing side of thing. I think that's really why I love this place so much is because, well, you know, one lake is at this point in the season and other lakes on this point of the season. So just for, we'll go to an example of bass. I love pre-spawn smallies. One of my favorite things to fish for like May, June, I got a bass rod in my hand, you know, and just looking for big footballs pushing up and going from lake to lake. I can, I've got a milk run of lakes up here that I can hop to that from week to week, all I'm I'm changing lakes, but all those fish are in the the same spot in the pre-spawn. Mm -hmm. So I'm essentially just by changing lakes, I'm I'm almost freezing time, if you will, or yeah. or somewhat. So you know, with that degree of diversity in lakes, having you know all encompassing, you know, or let's just call them general regulations from the DNR might not be the best way to manage those individual fisheries and mm -hmm. but it comes down to you know that there's a lot of bureaucracy there but simply you know uh educating anglers encouraging good stewardship doing you know you know some you know a little bit of education here and there i think can you know go a long way and i think we're all moving away from you know harvesting but you know there's some harvest is good you know i, I mean i could mm -hmm. We could, I could give, uh, right. have a mono. I could, I could do a monologue for the entirety of this podcast on this stuff. <laughs> but uh, obviously, I'm pretty passionate about this topic too because you know, I, as a guide, you know, I, mm -hmm. I like when my, I maybe I'm lazy. I like when my job's easy and there's lots of fish and I can just take <laughs> people it? out there to whack, whack fish. So maybe that's my yeah. bias. But uh, <laughs> this seminar, that's yeah, the seminar that's coming up. Are you gonna? by chance film it at all or is it just going to be for the people at the madison um, show i i am planning on filming it um uh, i do not have a time slot for it yet um i'm going to be encouraging people to show up uh again like i want it to be a conversation so i'm going to try and be as brief as and concise as i can which probably from y'all listening i'm probably maybe not the best at but <laughs> um, I will do my best to try and leave some time at the end because I want it to be a, you know, a conversation, you know, because sure. it needs to be, mm -hmm. it needs to be a conversation. And again, that's why I brought up the, the angling buzz and, um, uh, uncut angling kind of conversation, start kind of starting this conversation on YouTube, um, with the barrel trauma on crappie. Cause today mm -hmm. I either let like 50 or 60 crappie go or I massacred them. So, but you know, but you know, that's, but, you know, but that's, uh, you know, they all kick down and everything's fine, but you know, these are questions that, you know, I think we all want 
you know, some solid answers to, or, um, you know, for, and just in, you know, in that little realm of things. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be good to, you know, that another, you know, facet of, of what, uh, you know, I, I want to bring to the, you know, bring to the table, you know, it, it's a, uh, I don't know, my YouTube channel. It's I don't know. I like the, I like the kind of like the Joe Rogan model. Like we're kind of having a, uh, a Rogan-esque, you know, kind of off the wall, anything goes kind of, you know, conversation, you know, because mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think to have that. Well, I, you know. I think what I've taken away a little bit, because um, I, I find all this extremely fascinating, to be honest with you, because, you know, obviously we spend 90% of our time targeting muskies. But like you said, I mean, which is a great point is like over harvesting of, of the food chain, you know, we'll have consequences that kind of work down the ladder right you know so if you're depleting a population of, of food for muskies you know that'll eventually you know negatively affect the fish that that gus and i typically chase um and so i think you know you talking about how like there's these I, and I loved Aaron Weeb's video and it's not cause it was like a, an old gotcha thing. It's just more or less like, okay, we're going to, we're just going to add another viewpoint to the table here. And I think that that's extremely helpful. Cause I think with the amount of technology we do have at our disposal these days, it has kind of turned back on like the individual angler to really understand um, and kind of, you know, just like you were saying, learn about you know what you're doing and and all that because it's just you, you have all these tools at your disposal now that makes catching fish a little bit easier obviously live sonar doesn't guarantee you putting a bag limit of copies you know on the ice or in your boat um but it is a lot of technology right now that's you know making things just a tad easier and if you have that at your disposal it, it is a little bit on your own onus to you know, look internally and make sure that you're doing probably what's best for the body of water that you like to fish. Um, Gus, I don't know. Do you have something to add there? No, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Cletus and Max talking about that. Uh, I did watch the uncut angling just this last night, which was pretty <laughs> crazy. <laughs> we're not, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page uh, for this conversation. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'll, Speaking of like the Northwoods, one of the things you said was like, you know, the bag limit of panfish. And like Max said, we don't really fish for panfish much. We do it in the winter a little bit, and that's pretty much about it. But it's a blessing and a curse for the amount of lakes we have here and the amount of diversity. And like you said, it doesn't matter about clarity, this, that, depth. It's like the size of the lakes. And, you know, like you said, when it's hard to have a regulation of 25 limit panfish on a 60, 80, 100 acre lake. And, uh, it could have the same, you know, the same amount of people take out the same amount of fish in that lake. And the next year that lake's going to be a little different than the 1500 acre lake. That's got probably a little more panfish in them. So, I mean, there's something to be said there. There's a lot of things, you know, that, we as anglers can do and uh so can say the dnr and and you know going going off that uncut angling video um there's definitely things that we both can do probably together you know and, and just uh, like learn more i think that's the biggest learn more and yeah like and and, and then also better. you know 
bringing it full circle back to like you and your YouTube channel, your background and your degree, the fact that you're fishing all the time is that you will be bringing this education to everybody, not only as a guide, but just to public knowledge, you know, whether it goes from just, uh, you know, handling a fish better. Uh, I was, I was kind of laughing at the Aaron Weave video when he was talking about handling crappie where he was talking about people like, don't be this dummy, you know, taking all these pictures and he's putting a clown photo over himself and like flashing text on there. Like I was this idiot. I used to take all these photos. Like, don't be the person holding the muskie up for like a really long time talking about it in the video, turning the video off and then taking a whole bunch of video or pictures and then measuring it. And it's just like, just make it a fluid motion. You know, we're, like you said, we're probably one of the most conservation, you know, heavy, uh, for people that musky fish. Well, I mean, I think it's just the natural evolution of things to protect these bodies of water. I mean, you know, like we've had people on, like we just had Greg Thomas on, he's talking about the first muskie he ever caught, you know, he's swapping recipes with people on how to, to clean it and eat it. And, you know, you listen to old podcasts of these guides way back in the day and it, it's no fault on them. It's just, that was normal. They used to, you know, take out a handgun and throw fucking three bullets in the head. And, you know, like instead of having to, you know, free spool on both side, they were like enough of this shit. That's when you know they're <laughs> you know. biting. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And you yeah, can tell, no, you know, well, you, yeah. You know, you know, they're biting because they're shooting and you don't have to carry a big ass <laughs> net in the boat because that thing is always in the way, man. Right. Well, you know, back <laughs> save in some day, space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fishing out a little 14 and a half, you know, 16 footers. And yeah, I mean, there it's just the game has changed. And, uh, I think with that, you know, we as anglers probably just have to continue to evolve with it. So I, I enjoy having these conversations. Like I said, it's, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I think the more I'm able to hear guys like yourself talk or videos like the angling buzz and Aaron Weebs, you know, of the world putting out this information, it's, I'll watch it. I will, you know, digest it. I'll try to learn it better because, you know, I'm as, someone still hanging on to my twenties, you know, I want to continue to come up to, you know, Vilas County and, and fish and, and have there be healthy populations of all fish. So, um, I think it's all good, good stuff. I, you know, obviously I don't think we were planning on the podcast to go down the conservation route, but I'm damn glad it did. Cause it's a, it's an interesting topic for sure. And I can tell that you're very knowledgeable and passionate about it, which is great. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the, with the conversation comes the knowledge and with the knowledge comes better care and we can all do something better. I mean, cause you can dive down the rabbit hole of, you know, uh, not just fish handling and making sure fish goes back, but, you know, uh, you know, encouraging, you know, uh, you know, what genetics we want in our lakes and, you know, uh, you know, all these, you know, it, you know, you could really go, you know, uh, pretty, pretty deep into, you know, the, the, what we could, what we could all do, but just to, you know, kind of keep it simple. It's like, you know, uh, we've, and, and kind of like what Aaron was saying, it's like, we've all done that. We've all been there. We're not gonna, you know, that's probably why some people are listening to this podcast is because they're trying to become better musky anglers and trying to get some tidbits information. And I can guarantee, you know, 
there are some of those people listening. I've, you know, we've all been there. We've all like pulled the, you know, that first muskie and we're holding it vertical and we're like, look at this thing and, you know, not support oh, yeah. the fish. And, uh, you know, we want to, you know, take 20 pictures. I mean, and there's a time and a place for that, you know, and it comes with, uh, you know, maturity. And, you know, one of the things, you know, kind of, I brought up, you know, the whole Facebook group, they'll bite your head off. I mean, you know, uh, a few people saying that, you know, why want to cradle the fish better, but, you know, you know, we all need to be part of the conversation and have a cordial conversation, not use it to freaking kick you in the shin and tear you down because, you know, whatever my, my boss at work today gave me a hard time and I got some pent up aggression. So, but, you know, but it really, it's, it's kind of just kind of building the, you know, not only the knowledge, but kind of the, the morality that we all hold as fishermen and, you know, as stewards of the resource. Cause like you were saying, that's, that's really what we're all here for. I mean, I, I want to, I can't wait to take my kids out and show my passion, you know, that probably a long ways away yet, but you know, that, you know, I, I want that to be there. Like, you know, today, you know, I had an, I was, you know, uh, by myself, but it was like, I mean, I, I, I got the video, I mean, I'm talking conservation today. I'm going to, and I'm like, just the, the crappies, it's just like, I'm just like, it's not even funny. Just like plucking them out of the water, like run, right run after another. And I, I want that to continue. And like, and you know, I, and I'm bringing up the conversation, you know, if, if we're doing, uh, you know, if we're doing damage to the, if we're doing damage to the fishery by doing that, or, or are we doing something better? But anyways, not to, you know, circle back around too hard, but, um, Hey, real think, real uh, quick just so i don't don't forget because I, I don't i don't mean to cut you off but really quick, no no please about, do i was yeah you talked about different strains of these fish and i i kind of want to bring it back to the musky conversation because this is something that um you know i've i've been interested in you know the state of wisconsin has started to introduce some new musky strains do you know um you know outside of just like the wisconsin or, or chippewa river you know strains um have you have you looked into that at all on like maybe, you know, maybe how some Great Lakes spotted muskies would do in some of our deeper clear lakes or anything of that nature? I mean, have you, and it's okay if you have, I just, I'm just curious. I mean, that's, uh, I, I haven't done as deep a dive, um, as, uh, I plan on doing, cause that's a kind of be one of the things that I want to talk about. I'm going to, I want to talk about, uh, in my seminar later, uh, this year, but, um, you know, cause, uh, really, um, what I'm interested as far as musky strains go is, you know, kind of the really deep bodied fish. Like I've kind of more or less become pseudo obsessed. Like everybody wants a 50 incher, like honestly, personally, and I want to see 50 pounders again, you know, and we got that kind of going on in green Bay, but that used to be something that was viable up here in Vilas County. And um, I think a huge part of that reason why we don't see fish that quality more is because the genetics have been muddied and to kind of talk about, you know, shortcomings of, you know, DNR, you know, when DNR was restocking up here and kind of trying to rebuild the musky fishery up here, they were thinking about, you know, what, 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 uh, let's just back up and take a look at it from a, um, an aquaculture perspective, you know, when you're, when you're selecting for musky that you want to stock, you want some, you want fish that are easy to raise in captivity, willing to eat, uh, you know, whatever feed they're going to give them and, you know, be able to raise a bunch of them and put them in the lakes. And now there's musky again. So I don't, I haven't, one of the things that I want to 
really look into and see if I can dig up is kind of where the DNR got a lot of their genetics from, you know, stocking, like what lakes do they do to like river systems? Because, you know, up here uh, with the variety of lakes that we have, there's a, you know, uh, it's an excellent environment for kind of different substrains to stratify. And, you know, you get, you know, speciation events, like, you know, we have two different subspecies of lake trout up here and they're just from two different lakes here in Violets County. Uh, as far as like Great Lakes strains and stuff like that, looking at spotted muskie, you know, um, one thing that, you know, I want to kind of, what I would like to see is like, I feel like, you know, the leech lakers get, you know, really big, really fast, but they get very long. You see a lot of those, you know, those snakier fish. I mean, it's a 50, but you know, I've, I've seen, you know, I mean, there's some, don't give me that there's some hog leechers. I mean, that one that came out of the Madison chain was a giant in anybody's book, but, <laughs> um, you know, and that was, I mean, that was big, heavy fish, but you see a lot of these leechers, they're long, they're skinny and, you know, they're not living very long, um, in relative terms. So like, you know, kind of the, you know, from a genetic standpoint, without getting to the specifics of the strains, cause I don't have, you know, I know there, there's the Monaco strain, the chip, um, leechers, um, so, you know, uh, great lakes strain fish, uh, each of them having kind of individual qualities, but, you know, um, uh, talking to somebody who used to be heavily involved in, uh, Bill's musty musky club and kind of when they were looking into the, uh, genetic side of things, you know, and what hallmark of the, the new great Lakes strain that, um, they've kind of, they've declared that they've re-stratified is, uh, and that, and that they're claiming we're going to get a world record from out of green Bay, you know, in the next 20 years, you know, that it, it has, you know, the, the qual, you know, the qualities that you look like that you're looking for in a muskie that can get to these huge potential sites, why they're only allowing it to be stocked in the great lakes. I don't know. All of a sudden the DNR has become concerned with genetics and preserving those genetics. That's why you're having resistance of stocking of walleye into some of these lakes and all this stuff, which is important, but people need to realize that the DNR has already messed a lot of this up. So, um, we can have that argument with me at another time and place listeners that disagree. But um, so, you know, you would need a muskie that has the genetic potential to grow to that size. It also needs to live long enough. And, you know, it, it well, those would be the big, the big one, the, the big two, you know, it has to, oh, and the, the third one would be the rate of growth. So you need those two things, so, you know, the genetic potential and the rate of growth and longevity are kind of like the three factors. And it needs that, to be a female. To be and, a big it to be, and, and it needs and it needs to be a girl. So um, be a big old girl. Uh, hey, we live in yeah. Wisconsin. We got <laughs> we like them big girls. So if, if it's gonna if it's gonna happen anywhere, it's gonna happen here, son. <laughs> right. No, that's that's interesting. <laughs> the uh, the genetic standpoint, you know, because we're well, us three talking right here, we're younger, so we don't have the the elder standpoint here or an elder DNR or an elder biologist or something. But, you know, we've, as everyone knows, there's the stocking reports on Wisconsin and, and, you know, Wisconsin strain, Chippewa strain, whatever strain. I mean, I've seen reports on some lakes up here and they say unspecified. They'll say Wisconsin river strain, which would, I, I would assume is more of the Natum home range. And then I know there's, 
I could be wrong, but I swear I've seen some lakes over here where they just randomly one year throw in some Chippewa strain, which maybe is because the hatchery had a problem and we had to get them from the other side of the state. And it's like, oh boy, we don't know what's going to happen. One of those fish might grow big, but who knows? It might ruin the genetics. Well, it might make them amazing. It's, it's, well, it's almost like... I don't know. It... Well, that's the thing is that all of our all of our musky are mutts. So, in genetic recombination, and in, in honesty, there's a chance. At any the, the good news is, is that in almost anywhere up here, in my opinion, there's a chance of being a a really big fish. You know, uh, you know, luck of the spawn. A lot of things have to go right, but you might get a fish that, uh, you know, just by the luck of the draw just happens to be, you know, whatever really, you know, true chip dominant and has that potential, you know, uh, you know, I guess Louis Bray has been debunked, but, you know, you know, one of these huge massive super tanker fish, but, you know, it has to survive that long, you know, and, uh, their studies have shown, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but, uh, I think no matter, even if we handle the fish quick, uh, the hook, quick picture, you know, shoot her back down or slow release. However you think is best for releasing the fish. We're still killing 10% of the fish. They have to survive, you know, you know, other factors. Stress of the fight, uh, water temps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of things. So, you know, by, but, but by coming a bit more conscious of the genetics and kind of being, you know, again, becoming more educated, um, demanding of the DNR that we want, you know, um, certain genes to be in our lakes, because, you know, I guess, you know, in, in my point of view, like, you know, the, we've already muddied the pot enough. So I think it's time. I think the DNR needs to realize that we should just be stewards of the garden at this point. And, you know, instead of it's too late in the game to be like, all right, we're only going to stop stock great lakes, strain fish in lakes that connect to the great lakes. And we're just going to only this fish that we've bred with this genetic potential, even though it's a supposedly a combination of uh, leech chip, Manaqua, strain fish as far as i understand it i don't quote me on that but that you know they've tried to stratify this strain from the other strains when really as anglers that's the other conversation we're having is like uh i want you know i want big fish like if we can if we can i don't know breed for lack of a better term you know the suit you know the super musky at this point you know, I would, I, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the ideal fish, you know, why aren't we stocking it in the more of, uh, you know, the lakes and kind of developing something, you know, working on a strain that will kind of produce more tro and, uh, and more of an av more average trophy size fish up here, Gus. I, yeah, I say um, this kind of, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Gus. Oh, you can go, yeah. Max. You can go. I'll go next. Oh, I was just going to say, it's just real quick. I, um, I, I kind of say this jokingly, but I, um, I, I try to keep a very uh, optimistic outlook on the, the northern region of Wisconsin and the big fish potential because we do hear all these folklores on people seeing 
you know, gigantic fish. Um, you know, whether you hear about the guy who's at the bait shop and he, you know, saw a muskie eat a full, you know, full duck on the top of the water. Goose. You know, you that read, story? You know, goose. Yeah. Full goose on the top of the water. You, you go on some forum and there's like a little, you know, 150 acre lake in Vilas County. And there's a fish, you know, nicknamed grandpa that people claim, you know, that, that was probably North of 55 inches. You know, who <laughs> knows if any of that stuff yeah. is real, but I kind of say it jokingly is like, you know, maybe, it, maybe there are some, some hidden giants up here in the Northern part of Wisconsin that we just maybe have to be better at <laughs> figuring out how to actually catch them. Because I do think there is some top end fish that live here, but I just think that they're extremely difficult to catch. Uh, no. And, and I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I've, you know, I actually, this year I got a, a, a pretty reliable report from somebody who has no reason to embellish to me um, about what they saw and, you know, and the genetic, and again, the genetic potential, I, I might be kind of being snobby about that, but the gen, the genetic potential still exists here a hundred percent, but it's just a matter of everything kind of going right. You know, uh, those mm -hmm. genes aren't totally gone. Um, when I talk about breeding super musky and putting them in our lakes, I'm just asking, you know, I, what I would like to see would be, you know, something that's more you know consistent, you know, cause if there's whatever, I don't know, uh, maybe I shouldn't say river genetics cause it seems like there's more and more of these really big fish are coming out of rivers in Wisconsin now, you know, kind of whatever's, you know. I don't know, causing there's a, obviously there's a lot of factors that could be causing smaller average fish sizes, but you know, th the genetics can still produce giant fish up here. It, it just, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of the right time, place, moment, conditions, lifespan, luck, you know, it's, you know, it's a really, it's a, it's a life kind of story, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, the potential is still here. There's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, uh, a, a super tanker did come out of a hundred acre lake that, you know, has a small population, uh, you know, you know, four or five fish in it and somehow, you know, whatever the, you know, or mature fish, let's just mm -hmm. put it that way in it and that have the, you know, the rule of the roost and that we're all overlooking because, you know, uh, uh, I like Gus and I'm sure you do, Max, uh, you know, looking at the uh, the stocking, you know, looking at the stocking reports, we're going to go and we're going to look and see, all right, a bunch of fish have been planted here consistently for so many years and like circling back around and breaking down new water, guys coming up from uh, other parts of the state to fish up here, that's going to bias us towards those lakes, so and you know stories and everything so you know overlooked stuff is really where the hidden gems lie i mean you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta bushwhack a little bit to find the really good stuff <laughs> there's so. there's a few uh, i can't put well it's it's not like super common knowledge but i guess i'll give this tidbit out to the folks but uh i would say that my favorite lakes are the lakes that are least talked about is if you hear like nothing about a lake or maybe somebody that might not exactly be a, a reliable source and they bash it or you never hear anything about that lake, that's the lake that you should go fish 100%. <laughs> screw the oh. stock and reports, screw the A class, B class, who gives a shit? 
go fish it. That's what I found out. And nobody, I, not many people, I don't know if anybody said that, but that is like a great tip because we have so many damn lakes. And, uh, I mean, obviously there's good ones that are going to be going to, they're going to be good forever. I mean, we got the chain shitload of fish, not really going to see that top end fish, but there's always going to be a bunch in here. They're going to stock it. There's going to be tournaments here, but, um, yeah. And going back to the genetics thing is, is something that we've seen up here is some of the biggest fish that we've caught and some of the biggest fish that we've seen from certain lakes. They're, they're some of the OG lakes that we hear about from the legends, like this and that caught this giant one here, there. It's like, they got the genetics. It's like, they're still there for whatever like reason saying. that lake just for whatever reason that lake it's, it's fertile enough. It's got good bait. And that's, that was another point I was going to bring up. There's so many like full circles we could do here. And I wish, well, I mean, as we continue to do this podcast and continue to, to fish for the years to come, I'm going to learn more, but uh, I mean, I, I think it definitely can happen. The 50 pounder up here can happen again, for sure. No doubt. It's just the lakes are going to have like one of them. You know, this isn't Black. This isn't a hundred and some thousand acre pond i mean we're talking all these lakes are four thousand or less acres they're gonna only be so many they're gonna only be so much food we can't i mean it, the fishing is gonna be great up here there's so many lakes to choose from but we can't demand a lake to just have all of these mega super giants it just it it physically can't take it you know like this just oh, can't happen no 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 a hundred percent um you know, it's, uh, you know, there can only, you know, at the top of the food chain, there can only be, you know, so many top predators, um, certainly. And I mean, you have to almost kind of look at, uh, you know, uh, you know, Vilas, Oneida, Iron County as just a, you know, a few different watersheds, you know, the, you know, we have some of the ingredients, the genetic potential is there. And also like if, you know, when you have a high population of muskie in any, in any given body of water, naturally you're going to diminish the average size. It's almost why, you know, overstocking is another potential problem because if you have too many, you know, if you have too many fish in the system and honestly, uh, a a topic that I would almost broach is if we're potentially under harvesting muskie, since we're not putting, we're not taking anything out. Yes, we have mortality, But that could also like not, I'm not saying we should all, you know, start, you know, uh, harvesting the crap out of muskie. Don't get me wrong, anybody before I screw somebody into the ceiling, but, you know, uh, maybe limited harvest to kind of make room for that larger genetic potential is there. Uh, Again, you know, kind of idea for people to look into for study is, you know, what's, uh, what's the optimal population size for this lake and uh, I think the people, the other biology, fisheries biologists, people with the background are kind of probably pulling their hair out right now. Uh, but I will acknowledge that fisheries ecology, people thought that rocket, people think that rocket sciences is hard, you know, trying to model and understand fisheries and varying lakes and how many factors there are and unknowns that you simply cannot know uh, or are very yeah. hard to, you know, I mean. We don't swim, so we can't see what they're doing. I don't know who told me this, but it's a big difference from like deer. We got trail cams. We can see their footprints. Like these fish are 
in a different realm. It's like, it's why we don't know shit about the ocean. You know, it's, it's kind of almost the same deal. Yeah, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, uh, the fact that we have smaller unit sized lakes, it certainly <laughs> might make it a little bit easier in the ocean, but yeah, modeling aquatic <laughs> right. model, modeling, true, you know, true, I, true. yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, modeling, uh, modeling smaller lakes might be a little bit more attainable, but it, you know, it, it, as any fisherman knows, uh, you know, wind direction can, uh, plays a huge part in how active a fishery is. And, you know, you could, you'd have to maybe gather, you know, you know, maybe this, maybe this lake, you know, these fish are feeding or it's stirring up the nutrients when, you know, there's a West wind on this given lake. And depending upon how much of a West wind you get in a year might, I don't know, uh, increase the perch population. You know, I'm just, you know, spitball on here, but you know, there's so many factors that you have to, you know, take into uh, consideration to try and even get remotely close to, um, what is, you know, uh, you know, a broad answer, uh, you know, in statistics, I mean, you have a, a, a you know, standard deviations of error. And I mean, that's always going to be in, in a marine ecology kind of setting. I mean, it's always, you know, you could probably drive a bus through the freaking standard, you know, the, your standard error. <laughs> but, uh, I, I will say real quick that I do think lake is about as confusing as the atlantic ocean i just want to say that it's it's kind of almost <laughs> like fishing in our own little our own little inland ocean with all the diversity in there but uh yeah but you know there's not a lot of not too many muskie in there um <laughs> Duh. uh you know i i digress i'm gonna start saying things that yeah. should yeah. edit out that Gus should yeah. edit out what uh what timer what time are we at right now gus you think recording wise uh hour 45 okay you want to yeah you want to put some closing points on and we'll just have to have uh curtis we'll just have to have you back on in the future maybe well we're definitely gonna have you back on but maybe um maybe we'll do some homework uh or i'll you know gus and i'll do some homework next time we we hop on and maybe can have a maybe you know pre kind of uh script a little bit on some some of the things because i think tonight's been awesome and uh, mm -hmm. i'm excited to even like listen back to it i just uh it, it would be cool to do it all again with like you know maybe even more of a set agenda and um you know whatever yeah. but continue this conversation i mean uh i it would be cool if, since we're all kind of in the same little region you know realm anyways up here in the north woods to kind of continue this conversation and kind of take this as like a as a point maybe you know an interim part of the show like you know i'd be down to come on every so often and continue the conversation and i think that would speak to kind of what we've kind of already talked about is continuing the conversation because you know you know, i I mean, I have a lot of knowledge, but some things I'm definitely, we're all kind of firing from the hip a little bit, but we can give back mm -hmm. or give back or continue to give to the viewers, you know, we can, call it, the classes. We can call it the classes with Cletus segment <laughs> class, <laughs> class, class, class with Cletus. Yeah. Class and with class and with Cletus class and with Cletus. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I think uh, I think that would be awesome to you know kind of keep this ball rolling, and I'm really curious to 
see what uh, kind of feedback we end up getting from uh, this episode. And I think that uh, people are going to, you know, I'd love to continue the conversation and keep it evolving because we don't know it all. And uh, yeah, we want to learn. And like I said, the conversation, you know, leads to leads to more knowledge and we can continue to kind of push the ball up the hill, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah, I definitely hope people respond to this uh this podcast and 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 shout out or not shout out and shoot shout some out. messages over and uh, and um you know so that we can learn more cuz that would be great. But um yeah, we're getting we're getting a little late here, so I think we'll we'll wrap her up and uh put a pin a big pin on this and uh definitely come back and uh and give some chats about this and this was uh this was awesome this was a great great chat curtis we're really really happy to have you on and and really excited to have you on again and also really excited to get back out fishing with you i know we've went um we went out musky fishing that one time and we also went on the ice one time wasn't super successful but that's okay that's how we learn that's how we find new places it's just how we grow as fishermen and uh that's that's how it's gonna be you know you it's yeah we touched on it a whole bunch on new water and everything yeah, yeah we talked about a lot in the short window <laughs> yeah 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 we, uh, you hey uh you learn i almost learned more not catching fish than catching fish so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so Big if you're if you're running if you're running trips this winter and even i'm sure you're starting to open up your books for for next uh spring and summer and fall um how can people get in touch with you to uh to get out on a trip with you yeah um so uh website www.foxvalleyoutdoors.com uh contact information rates and everything are available um starting to do um uh ice trips again i should say we had a little interim there got a little interruption from that warm weather and rain that we had in december but uh trips are starting back up with one bright and early tomorrow morning and uh, yeah as far as uh, ice fishing goes uh you know we're gonna be doing fishing up you know Vilas county uh march april gonna be doing some uh perch stuff up on the go go um that's go gibbick pardon me for using the slang uh and then yeah uh books are open for um for the uh this spring and uh summer honestly if you mention i'm just gonna put this out there um you know, you mentioned uh, musky on taps. You hear this on the podcast. If you're uh, booking, uh, if you get in the books before May, I'll give you uh, 50 bucks off your trip. Oh, uh, look at that. And, uh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks again for having me on, guys. Uh, hopefully that gives you guys a little bit of incentive, get you guys in the boat. And uh, you can, uh, you know, we can continue this conversation. Listeners, uh, be happy to have you on board and uh yeah looking forward to continuing this conversation in the future gentlemen hell yeah keep the train going i'm excited to get out with you for sure uh next you know maybe even this ice season next summer Uh, i know you guys had a blast so yeah like gus said can't thank you enough for coming on here tonight um definitely uh definitely enjoyed the direction that this conversation went 
Um, and, uh, yeah, best of luck with the ice season. Stay safe. I know you, you've been, uh, testing the fate a little bit out there. So, uh, I'm glad to, glad <laughs> to see that the weather's getting a little colder for you, for you dudes up, uh, up in the Northern region. And you'll be able to get out there sooner or later, hopefully with some machines as well to make the travels a little easier. But, uh, yeah, Gus, yeah, I think well, we can put a, put a bow on this one here. For sure. For sure. And, uh, also, you can follow Curtis. He's got the catch him with Cletus YouTube and Instagram got all the socials. So be sure to give him a follow. That's how we found you. Great. Putting follow. Out that content. Yep. Great follow. I think that was the first thing that Max said. He's like, dude, look at the, look at this Curtis guy. Great follow. He's a great follow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. I was happy to entertain gentlemen. Good awesome. Stuff. Well, we'll catch you later. All right. Sounds good guys. See you later.